we'll hash it all. Welcome everyone to another episode of Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year, a podcast that is back after the bye week and uh, we're itching for a fight. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. Scott, did you say your name was I'm Scott? Scott? Okay. We, we didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> same, same start the Jaguars had on Sunday. For reference earlier, I am not feeling well and I'm dying. So Okay, so Scott, if you also feel like you need to just get out then get out um but i appreciate I'll try and announce my, my departure before i I'll, okay I'll, I'll think of a funny closing line to go out on it's Perfect. been fun guys <laughs> later if i say uh, that then you know i'm I've then died. you're really in trouble got it uh the buffalo bills won a football yeah. game against the hated i think it's fair to say now hated jacksonville yeah. jaguars um they they beat them 24 21 uh on a in a game that was both I think is fair to say was better than people thought it was going to be. Um, and certainly better than maybe some of the stats would have indicated. Um, Josh Allen, eight for 19, 160 yards, one touchdown. And if you just read that stat line and didn't watch the game, you'd think it was a pretty ho-hum performance. But I want to see if Scott and Paul, who watched the game, uh, agree with me that it was a much better game than the stat line for him, specifically than the stat line would have uh belied let's let's start with scott who's near death and that way he can <laughs> he can get his information in before you know he shuffles off the mortal coil he's already so yeah no, there I, mean, he is. He's back. I think it's uh it was a good game for the bills obviously a tight one again we've had a couple of these with afc south teams the three of the four have ended in these kind of tight games that went down to the wild South, if it wasn't for the Colts, um, Colts, Colts, whatever. Um, so, I mean, Allen played well. Uh, we'll get to him more in a bit. I was pleased with the rest of the team. Obviously, the run defense is is extremely concerning that we can't try and seem to have trouble um, putting that together. Um, you know, obviously, we've invested a lot there, and to see Fournette continue four or five yards to carry is a little disconcerting. Um, I think it would have been a very different game if that fight doesn't happen. Um, obviously, that you know, a lot of people have pointed out that that kind of two-minute stretch from the the Moncrief reception, they rule the touchdown, um, all the way to uh, when Allen scores the go-ahead touchdown. Um, you know, the five minutes that was a pretty big swing. Um, and the Bills, obviously, you know, the Bills had that moment and they 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 were in it and they they took advantage of some pretty terrible Jacksonville miscues. Um, I'm happy that they won. Again, it's better than losing to three and seven Jacksonville, but at the same time, a win over three and seven Jacksonville at home um, is also not <laughs> something to be super excited about. When you also add in the fact that you know Jacksonville literally benched their starting quarterback, who was Blake Bortles, um, after this game, you know clearly they're not pretty pleased with how things have been going this year. Um, but you know, I don't want to completely take away from the win. Again, they could have. There's we've seen them quit in plenty of games this. They kept fighting. I think some of that is having Allen in the field. I think some of it's the personnel moves, whether it's McKenzie or Robert Foster or, you know, letting Tremaine Edmonds kind of start and feel his way into the season. And now he's in a better position to help. Obviously, Milano, um, some of these guys, uh, again, I think flawed, but again, rather, rather have a win than a loss, certainly. All right, Paul. Yep. I agree. This was, uh, I believe, the 
professional way in which Frank described this game to me via text since I didn't watch it live was wild ass. And that certainly was the impression that I got when I, I ended up watching the game earlier in the week. It is, as Frank pointed out, one thing I do like about this is there does seem to be a rivalry now between Jacksonville and Buffalo. Let's not forget it. The Jim Kelly's last game was a playoff loss to the Jaguars, the last trip into the playoffs. Last year, the Bills got knocked out by the Jaguars. They both always seem to be on the cusp of mediocrity, but occasionally will do something special. They've both been cursed with Doug Marone, and they've had a lot of chippy games over the years. So I always feel if they do some sort of tradition where you open the season against a rival, be it a divisional one or one outside the division, they are definitely the Bills' rival from the AFC South. So that made this game intense. There definitely was, it wasn't just, you know, the fight, which we'll talk about. There was some pushing and shoving all game. But as far as what we saw on the field, you know, I really felt that they, the Bills' defense, again, did just a very good job. And you can talk about the end of the game. They went in that prevent defense, gave up some yards. The running game, uh, most of, as well as Fournette did, they put up 200-plus yards on, in, in the running game as well as Fournette did, as well as the Jags' rushing offense. And most of that, the vast, vast majority of it, seemed to come in the first half. As the second half came on, the run defense really seemed to settle down, do its job, and, you know, that really ended up helping the Bills be able to pull away. The momentum shift, and thank you, Frank, for mentioning that on Twitter because we Mm. know I'm talking about momentum. The momentum shift that comes from the Jaguars getting a touchdown to just being no, it's completed the one, which is still kind of a downer, to – player ejected to penalty puts them back past the 15 to multiple sacks, sacks on back-to-back plays to missed field goal. And just listening to the crowd go nuts, watching Sean McDermott have his Popeye moment when, when that field goal was missed and just then the offense coming right back to one of their best drives of the day. That was, you know, great to see them, you know, rise up and do that as a team. They're still a mediocre team, just as the Jaguars are a mediocre team. The only other thing I really wanted to, to highlight was that Bill's first, my favorite touchdown of this game. And yes, one it's I'm going to give Josh Allen the second touchdown, uh, my second favorite touchdown, because as impressive as it was that Josh Allen had that, you know what, I'm going to save that for the Allen talk. But the Isaiah McKenzie touchdown, can we talk about how beautiful a thing that was that McKenzie notes to Dable on the sideline, like, hey, they're not respecting the end around. We've done it twice with me coming around there, and they're not even looking at me. They're just playing the run up the middle both times. They decide to hand it to them. Thomas and Zay Jones lay two of the most pretty blocks I've ever seen so that Isaiah McKenzie with his 4-4 speed uh, could have gotten in if he had, say, my grandfather's speed. My grandfather's been dead for 12 years, and yet still could have easily gone in the end zone with the blocks that Jones and Kroon laid out. So it was not a pretty win. Let's not underrate how good Jacksonville's defense is, though. They've been pretty consistent all year. The Bills still managed to move the ball to utilize their team's speed and, you know, made Jacksonville's offense look like Jacksonville's offense. So I would have wished they would have had a more dominating performance. I would have wished the run defense had been there beginning to end of the game. But it was it – was, uh, the second win in a row, I don't think Jacksonville is going to lose out. I think they'll show some some good good play at the end of the season here, despite the fact that they just had everything in the world happen bad to them in a 24-hour stretch. So all in all, I was, I was you know, pleased that uh, with the performance on Sunday. I think that it's fair to, to criticize the run defense. Uh, it's also important to keep in mind that 
you know, it's Leonard Fournette that they were trying to stop at least for part of the game. And, and the initial second half, um, his, he, before he was ejected, he, they, they seemed to have a better handle on him. Um, but the, the Jaguars were able to move the ball a bit and, and we're talking about a team that's lost six in a row and has a certain amount of pride. And it's, to the extent we believe in things like momentum and the like, I, you would think this was a game that, you know, they probably said, okay, we're going to get this one because, you know, we're sick of losing. Um, but you know, the, the, I, so I, I say that in, 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 uh, as a setup for the fact that I'd like to point out that I, I'm happy that the Bills didn't have a let up that they they you know put their foot on the throat of a, of the team uh, that was probably looking to fight to get back into it and so good for them. Um, uh, the other thing that was you know it was it was exciting to see Josh Allen's running, which is an underappreciated uh, asset, uh, including the big 45 yard run, which was not a you know on a hail Mary attempt, like some other quarterbacks that we've had this year. <laughs> um, it, it was nice to see them pick up that. And then really the receivers, um, getting open and I'll, I'll circle back to this as I get to the next topic, which will be our Josh Allen talk, um, getting open, but dropping a few passes that I feel like you got to catch, um, really were probably the difference between the bills kind of dominating Jacksonville and kind of the results you get. The other thing that really can't be understated, uh, Doug Marone being Doug Marone, um, you know, punting with, you know, punting down seven with nine minutes left from basically midfield, um, you know, having an entire drive of 15 some odd run plays. Uh, you know, he was committed to, you know, playing like the crap ass that he is. Um, you know, they have a quarterback they hate. They seem to just hate Blake Bortles, but didn't bench him before this game. Um, so it was nice to have Doug, especially in that uh, bold city hoodie, which was, you know, just horrifying to look at. Um, truly a horrific looking human being, if I if I could be so bold. Right. Um, it's, it's almost like Trump wearing a subtlety city hoodie. Yeah, it's that's the equivalent right there when it's wearing a bold city one. It's something like that, you know, or, you know, enter, you know, if, figure out your own political feelings on, on, you know, a comparable, whatchamacallit, but any, in any event, um, <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty good game. Now I, I said, I wanted to circle back to the receivers who dropped some balls. Um, and this is a game I like to play, uh, sometimes where you say how good of a day should Josh Allen have had? Um, because, if you look at his eight for 19 for 160 yards, not too impressive. If you look at some of the passes that were incompletions or erased from the game because they were penalties, you know, away from the football, um, they were, it was, you know, three or four, like super, super good passes, like, you know, fades to the back corner, um, you know, the, the out in the flats, the curl routes that, you know, were, pinpoint hitting Robert Foster in the hands, um, you know, 25 yards down the field and, and Foster dropping it. Um, one, one ball that just hits the edge of a, of a lineman's hand, uh, that tips the ball a little bit behind. Uh, I think it was Zay Jones in the first quarter. He was really accurate. Um, no, no more so than on the pocket collapsing, stepping forward into the damage 
getting trashed and throwing the ball uh, on a on a rope, just like an ascending rope into the hands of Robert Foster um, for a 75-yard touchdown compared to CF, compared for uh, Blake Bortles unmolested throwing a ball that literally almost went end over end uh, as a, as a full attempted pass. Like his attempted pass was something that a six-year-old might come up with if you handed him a full-sized NFL football. Um, so I will start with Paul this time. I was, I'll, I'll start with me. I was encouraged by this <laughs> performance. Um, I felt like this is probably the best game Josh Allen has had. Um, the including the running i felt like he was a lot more accurate than inaccurate i felt like he was making mostly good decisions not by any stretch perfect decisions um he had an interception brought back which was um you know the interception was specifically related to the 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 penalty that had been called so take that for what you will but i, I felt like he was really good i felt like he was good and and, and i want to see him continue and and for a guy who hasn't played in a month um, and was a, and is a rookie, I felt like it was a good performance. Do you agree with me or are you wrong? <laughs> I would say I agree with you. Yeah, it was definitely an encouraging performance. This was not, you know, I, it's certainly not fair to say it was a coming out party because he still made his fair share of mistakes. But one of the things, you know, I rewatched the, the bomb play over and over to Foster. And I don't even want to call it a bomb because this was a man who threw a ball 42 yards in the air, not even stepping with his front foot, delivered right. a perfect strike. And, oh, yes, the ball. Ball never once left the television screen. That was my favorite part of that. Like, it never got high enough. It was actually off the television screen. Yeah. So that was just... It was, uh, like, an IC, it was like an ICBM. Like, it was, or it was not even. It was like a followed the curve of the earth it never went up it just was like <laughs> it was like it was like one of those uh, when you used billy joe tolliver in tecmo super bowl who was terrible with the chargers but in that game he had a rifle of an arm so even though he was inaccurate half the time that ball just zoomed right along and ready left the screen even when you threw it from the the top of it the, the top the trajectory, of trajectory trajectory you yeah you know why use one word scott when you can use 40 like i did that's that's <laughs> what i've always said so, so much for being concise, but yeah, I was encouraged and, and talking about his, I almost didn't want him to take the kneel downs at the end because I'm yeah, like right. ruining your hundred yard day. And then he finished with 99 is a, a result of it. But you know, he, yeah, he had, there were some drops. There were some plays called back by penalty. His numbers would have been much better if his receivers had played better in the second half. And this was also a, a testament too, to being playing a very tough defense. The Jaguars defense, as I mentioned earlier, for as bad as the team has been all year, they've stood up and played pretty well. They shut down the Steelers for three plus quarters on in the three top ten defense, even if they're a little off last year's pace. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're not not as is is you know top of the league as they were last year, but they're a very good defense. So, you know, I I thought Allen did you know everything that could be expected of him coming after a what is a four plus week. Uh, more than that, a month plus layoff that, you know, he seemed to learn from, you know, watching Barkley, from watching Anderson. I think they had another quarterback during that time, but I, I blocked that out. So, you know, I think he's, he's learned from those experiences. And yes, this was, again, I don't want to overstate it and be like, this is a breakout performance because we all thought that that's what JP Lawson had against the Texans in 06 with that fabulous comeback on the peerless price touchdown, which caused 
Frank to run around the bar and cheer in huge celebratory fashion. So I don't want to take that quite approach, but this was definitely, you saw where he learned things, learned from previous mistakes. You saw him put together the closest thing to a complete game that he's had so far. And you hope it's one of those games, you know, he continues to, to use the cliche everyone uses, continue to, to grow from, because it was certainly a, a step in the right direction. So he's got to keep moving forward. Yeah, I don't think there's much, um, I think, you know, it's tough to criticize and I don't want to, like, I don't want to come across as critical. I think the biggest thing I concerned about with his performance, and again, it's mostly good. Obviously the throws he was making were, were all the throws that, you know, we heard about like the, you know, the frozen ropes on, on at 40 yards, you know, the deep balls down the field, you know, move, th throwing on the run, um, you know, that he was throwing, you know, that was the throw accurately on the move going to his right. So he did that like a, couple of times um so that's again like that's all good stuff and i don't want this to come off as like a criticism of like how hard he's working and getting better i think you know at, on some level the the having the extended you know this was the bye week the time off i think that probably helps as well i think i do get a little concerned about the running um, obviously it's a tremendously important part of his game right now i think over time even as big as he is that needs to kind of like he clearly enjoys doing it and again, he's 23. He's allowed to doing it because he is invincible for all intents and purposes. I mean, and when I say that, obviously he just got off the injury list. Um, right. But <clears throat> he functionally is about as healthy as he's ever going to be playing this game. Um, kind of coming out of college, he's got a couple of dings and bruises, but he's not played a full NFL season yet. I kind of mix it up a little bit. And, you know, when the linebacker's coming in at the goal line, you know, he puts his shoulder into the linebacker and plows over him and not not takes the slide or tries to dive out of the way or anything like that. That will work for a little while, and I will say like another two or three years max. And then at some point, that's not going to work anymore, and there's just a lot of money throwing itself in danger there. So I think that's the biggest concern I have. Obviously, like, he has the athleticism. That athleticism, he can pull the Shady McCoy route at some point and kind of just use it sparingly, you know, when he's got a couple good scramble opportunities or a few design runs when it's clear that he's, you know, headed for the sideline and can get an easy first down, you know, those kind of things. That can stay in the arsenal for a little while, but we also, if he's going to be... <laughs> <coughs> <clears throat> the franchise quarterback we all hope he needs to kind of be able to stay in the game long term i will go uh, can, can you stay in the game long term that's that's the question at this point, all right scott. we need to know if you can make it long term let's give scott a minute here to collect yeah. his, collect himself uh paul did, what did you think of the fight, fight i uh the fight um it, it obviously starts with uh levi brown and i forget fight, the jacks fight 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 okay. The Jacksonville uh, receiver, um, like refusing to let go of the ball, uh, which went through the entirety of the fight, which was also kind of great. Um, but then it it devolves into some shoving, and I didn't realize this, but Leonard Fournette comes from a, his bench across the field to the fight, uh, which is why he's now serving a one game suspension, um, and gets himself thrown out of the game. Truly, the MVP of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, <laughs> on the day. Um, and also the MVP of the Buffalo Bills on the day, perhaps, depending on your your take, because it certainly was the the turning point there. Um, did you? Then there's also there's also McDermott's comments afterwards about you know he I think he was essentially saying we're not looking for a fight, but we're not going to back down. 
um, from one. I, I'm not really a fan of the nonsense, but I was, of course, you know, cheering, uh, cheering it on as it was happening. Um, and I was a little shocked <laughs> at, at, at the the way that they were staged going into the tunnel almost like a wrestling promo because they had both of them going into the tunnel at the same time and had extra security, both uh, Shaq Lawson and, and Leonard Fournette. So uh, your, your takes on it, you know, is it a good survivor series match or, or what? Yeah, that was uh first. I will make one minor correction. It was actually Levi Wallace, not Levi Brown. Sorry. Uh, Levi he, Brown was a quarterback, right? He was. They, he finished his bills career with zero touchdowns, one pick and 24 passing yards for a pass rating of 51.4. Sadly, not even the second worst quarterback or worst quarterback in the Bills post-Kelly era. Thank you, Jeff Jewell and Nathan Peterman. But yes, it was uh, good old forgettable Levi Brown. Hopefully Levi Wallace isn't as forgettable. But yeah, this was, I'm like you, Frank, I'm not a fan of the nonsense necessarily either. And yet, of course, you know, you're cheering it on as you're watching it, as as am I. What I, I don't want to fault Lawson too much on any of this, really, because when he threw the punch and got ejected, he bet, you know, Leonard Fournette had come out just swinging at him. So he saw him swinging at him. He knew Fournette had come from all the way over the bench to, to fight. His first reaction, you know, in the fight or flight was, I've got to swing back. You know, I've got to, to try and punch this guy. Now, my reaction, of course, would be to go into a fetal position and go, no, 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 big man, no. But I understand that's not going to be everyone's reaction. So, you know, I can't blame Shaq for – for throwing back and like coach McDermott said, I call him coach McDermott now because he's apparently earned some yeah, you're great respect from me. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he said, you know, we're not going to back down from, from a Fortnite. We don't like it, but we're not going to back down from a fight. And what Jack Lawson did by, you know, engaging Fournette is he drew attention to it. The, the punches that were thrown were noticed by all the officials and Fournette's out of the game. That was a huge, turning point in the game for the Bills, as we talked about with what happened on the next three plays and then the following Bills drive. So I don't want to see a fight every week. I don't want to see people being dragged into undisciplined plays. But if you had told me at the beginning of the season that we're talking, we have a segment called Fight Club on our show, and it doesn't involve Jerry Hughes doing something dumb and being ejected, and instead involves someone confronting a Bills player throwing punches the Bills player punches back. They both get ejected. That player gets out of the game, even though he'd been the Jaguars' most valuable player in that game and gets a one-game suspension. The Bills player hasn't even been fined yet, per what Shaq Lawson told the grade school class that was explicitly told not to ask him about Sunday's game and then immediately asked him about the fight, which is where we got Shaq's take on it, that you know he wasn't proud, but he was glad to see Coach McDermott stand up for him. And you know it's tough for him not to back down from a fight. I would take that. So I was, you know... Yeah, I don't want to see a fight every week, like I said, but under these sets of circumstances, I have no issue with Lawson reacting how he did or or what transpired. Okay. Scott, are you so, are you okay, yeah. good. Thank God. All right. So the the concern I have, and certainly there is a, a boy, I really am on high on the concerns today, aren't I? Mm -hmm. uh, um Debbie Downer, that's me. Um I think the I think the concern that I have is McDermott kind of started with the I'm glad I got fellow players. And that's okay. And I understand, like, there might be a little of that that's okay in your locker room talk to the team about what happened. 
But A, I don't think publicly you should be putting it out there because I don't think it's a good message just in general. Um, and B, I'm not even sure that it should be your leading point on the thing. And he kind of reversed it a little bit the next day when he says, well, we have to be disciplined, you know, but then we also got to back each other up or, or, or kind of something to that effect. Um, and I think that's the, I think that's the thing is I, I would be a little concerned um, and maybe this is, and you can, you guys can tell me if this is a spurious connection, but this was the worst like penalty filled game I've seen in many, many weeks. It um, was. And it was pretty atrocious. And the Jaguars were equally at fault. I forget that. I think it was 23 penalties about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And then they kind of, the refs just ran out of penalty flags. Um, they gave up finally. The, yeah. The, but, at, but at that point, you know, it was pretty even if I recall. And that kind of, you know, undisciplined play is not going to help us get to where we want to go. I understand the causality between like, you know, penalties and wins is not the Patriots end up getting penalized a lot. The Seahawks did when they were winning the Super Bowl. It does happen, but those are kind of ultra talented teams. Clearly this team this year is not ultra talented. And I don't think that's the culture that we're trying to build here. Right. That's what McDermott's all about. So I think I would be a little concerned that fighting is symptomatic of a lack of discipline the same way that, that penalties are a lack of discipline. They're a little bit, you know, on our effort, you know, guy getting beat and holds instead. So there's some of that, but part of, you know, the reason you got beat is you were not disciplined to keep your footwork where you needed to be so you could stay ahead of the guy. Um, so I, I am a little concerned about that from that perspective um, because, I again, I think the penalties are especially – you know, it's very for teams that have a quick strike offense. It's not as big of a drive killer, but for this kind of team, especially with you know how poor the run game's been, and Allen obviously had a good game on Sunday, but he's not. We can't count on that every week, at least not at this point. Mm-hmm. You can't kind of be taking holding penalties that put you in first and twenty because that's just so hard for this team. So, I think that there there were, and I think that at least my impression of the game was that they, that crew was calling a pretty pretty horrifically tight game you know there's I, I forget who said it that you know you can call you they say you can call a penalty on every play and this crew has decided that they're going to um so i don't want to pin it all on them but i think you're right that there are questions of discipline and and that's some of the 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 uh the the double speak of of coach stuff because you know they're very big on high character guys right up until you know they get a sufficiently good high character guy to uh to be the, you know, to play for them. So then, then it becomes, you know, well, you know, he's worth taking a risk for, um, but all good comments all around. I think we should get to three stars so we can, can move on to the remainder of the show. Let's do it. All right. All right. Okay. Your second honorable mention, uh, the aforementioned or before referenced Walt Coleman, 23 penalty flags for, (laughs) 240 yards or whatever it was obviously a huge impact on the game uh, i think i think everyone's favorite player from this sunday was josh allen on two consecutive plays completing a third and long pass only to have it wiped out by a, a hold and then a legal load and again like i've seen that called pretty frequently seems like there were a lot of those on sunday so i i don't know if they just guys eye level was at that way but anyway great game for wolf he was all over the field. What can you say? Um, really glad that that they got he's got him a lot of screen time. Um, honorable mention number one goes to Leonard Fournette. Um, again, uh, as we've kind of referenced, a huge impact on the game. 
Um, one for his 18 carries, 95 yards, uh, 5.3 yards per carry average. That's that's a pretty decent day at the office, plus the two touchdowns. Um, and that was obviously in two and a half, almost three <laughs> quarters of work. So who's to say how that game would have ended if he did not get himself ejected? But he did. So uh, thanks, Leonard, for that. And I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your season on your terrible Jaguars team. Um, your all bills, three stars continue. Uh, I gave it to Robert Foster. He did have the drop on that other would have been another nice long completion for Josh Allen, but the two for nine. That's, um, it's pretty clear that he's an important part of the offense at this point. I don't want to say that he's going to be a number one kind of game breaking guy. Um, we need to see him do kind of run the full route treats for that to happen. Um, and obviously that, you know, he's going to have to have chemistry with Allen and hopefully that develops, but that's something that we just haven't seen for some time on the Buffalo bills. I can't really remember. I mean, Deontay Thompson had a nice game like that, uh, last year, still on the team randomly. Um, or back with the team. Ken would say, I think he was still on the team. Exactly. He left for a bit. He went to the Cowboys for a little while. Yeah, exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, so Robert Foster, then your second star, Goes to uh, Lorenzo Alexander, who had uh, uh, eight on sack, two for a loss, um, two pass deflections, as well as another quarterback hit. Again, another strong defensive effort um, from the Bills. Enough to kind of, again, you gotta you gotta take what the enemy's giving you on some level. And you know, it would have been nice to have a little better run defense. And I think I think they all probably would admit that. But they they able to put Blake Bortles into the box, kind of. That you know, he he. Fully Bortles did with a 12 for 23 for 127 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions and three sacks for, for Bortles. So um, I've been to win that game. And some of that's on Bortles, but some of that's also on the Bills defense. So I, th- I think uh, good job for the guys all around. And Lorenzo Alexander, I think, probably had one of the better days. But again, Jordan Poyer had a good day as well with the interception. Uh, Matt Milano, another strong day of the offense. Again, there's talent on this defense. You just got to kind of finish putting the puzzles together. You know, again, you had the guy uh, Levi Wallace, not Levi Brown, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the latest in our rotating cast of number two corners to get burned on a play that could have cost us the game to a certain extent. So, um, and then I will give the first star to Mr. Josh Allen. I believe wow. it's the second of the year. I think I gave him, I think I gave it to him for for the Vikings game, if I'm not mistaken. Another okay. strong kind of run pass performance, but again, the stats, you know, certainly not. Uh, you know, not a Peyton Manning-esque kind of performance here with the uh, the relatively low completion percentage of uh, 8 of 19, so that would put it at, well, I don't know, less certainly less than 50%, um, 160 yards and one touchdown, um, but obviously had the 99 yards rushing on the ground, obviously had a couple throws wiped out by penalty, um, you know, had command of the offense, didn't fumble the snap when it was snapped to him, didn't stare down receivers and lead to easy interceptions. There was one pass early on that kind of was iffy and probably could have been caught by somebody on Jacksonville if they weren't careful. He did have the interception, but that was kind of an end of the half low leverage situation where, you know, whatever, it wasn't a big deal. Um, so ultimately a, a good day at the offense and you know, who else are you going to give the star to? I don't know. So well, Josh Allen, Lawson could have arguably been the number one star. He did have <laughs> an impact performance for some reason by aggravating Leonard Fournette enough to force him to run across the field and attack. <laughs> him but uh yeah, yeah you could we'll also argue him. coleman could have gone higher because you couldn't stop him you might be able to hope to contain him but you weren't going to stop walt coleman he was he was just 
Yeah, he just he, he was just he defiant. Like I, you know, I dare you to try and tell me I can't call it another pet. What you 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 think I'm not gonna do it again? I'm gonna do it again. Watch just, me. Watch me. You he just he just after every flag he was doing that cereal spoon thing. You know, keep feeding me. <laughs> um, you know what? We made it through that entire recap without mentioning Jalen Ramsey, and I don't really want to talk about him now but that's just you know how little of an impact that that fool had um <laughs> that's a trash question bro that's a trash question bro <laughs> i did like if you watch the josh allen rushing touchdown you can see him just standing there kind of watching it with like yeah. nothing to be done um yeah so there you go we have a new punter as uh paul reminded me to mention matt, matt dar d-a-r-r -R, you remember that south park episode when they cut calling Stan Marsh Darsh to make fun of him. It was like a ski school takeoff. I'm the only one, but I felt the need to mention that. Please yeah, continue don't... with much more Robin Pills talk. Oh yeah, no, I really can't wait to get into Matt Dar because I know nothing about him and other than <laughs> he used to play for the Dolphins and the Bills think he might be better than Colton Schmidt and they've thought that before <laughs> about people and uh, Colton Schmidt's kind of keeps coming back, but you know, it's okay. Uh, there you go. So any, any it was actually covered to the New York Times, noting that uh, McDermott's just not happy with. He said, you know, certainly there were some moments, but they just feel they need to keep upgrading that position. I guess the big talk is hang time. Even though Schmidt had some good results, one was it was more of a good bounce, and he did put them in a tough spot with some lower punts. So at least we we seem to have some sort of rationale that they're just looking for a hang time punter, and I guess they don't think Schmidt gets enough. So I get I have a feeling this has got to be it for for him i can't imagine them re-signing him a third time but you say you that but they're cheap punters are cheap and they yeah. get hurt and i think colton's, colton's got a friend in the bills punting office and you know special teams coach and he's uh you know maybe he knows all the routes of the punters who take his position maybe he you know has some you know maybe nathan Peterman technical surveillance equipment that that might assist him in making sure these guys you know aren't always healthy to make it to the stadium. It seems him like and, all these accidents keep happening to Bill's punters when Colton Schmidt's not on the team. Him and Nathan had the same pictures of, you know, coach's <laughs> wife or whatever. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, but that's, that's the, I guess the news of the day for, for the roster. There you go. Uh, yeah. I don't know that there's much else we want to talk about right now. Other than, were there any good, uh, let me pull up Facebook. Yeah, we didn't have anything on Twitter, probably because I didn't say anything. Though I want to point out that Orlando did have uh, some good questions, which I answered on the on the tweets. But he was talking about how you just can't get all the fanfare on on Allen, and you know, he know his biggest asset right now is his running ability. And once that's taken away, he's just wildly inaccurate. Same as he was in college. Please correct me if I'm wrong. He did nothing on Sunday to change my mind. Just an observation: but isn't Josh Allen doing all the things we knocked Tyrod? Uh, he's an accurate overall, but definitely over the middle, runs too much and gets out of the pocket quickly. No, big arm. no I think Orlando's really wrong if that's what he and thinks. Here's what I, I, you know, and here's what I, uh, you know, call the out on. It's like there's a lot of things that were certainly Tyrod-esque, but one, the arm is not Tyrod-esque. That arm is like something we've never seen before and his ability to throw those passes. Yeah. Two, Tyrod got to Buffalo and was doing these things as a four. He'd already been in the league four years. He was a backup most of it. Yeah. And Allen is a 22-year-old rookie who's come in and already at least, I'd say, matched Tyrod's performance, typical performance 
as a 22 year old rookie. So, yeah, I, I, I think you said the right things because it's, it's easy to forget that this is, or that Tyrod Taylor and, and Allen are at two completely different points in their career. So, you know, he's a, a lot more, look, the scouting report on Josh Allen wasn't that he was inaccurate. It was that he was laughably a caricature of an NFL quarterback. That's how inaccurate he was, that he was so functionally out of this realm of the NFL that it would be like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they just basically were like, you're a caveman if you think he can play. And I think whatever else happens, even if he ends up as a bust, he's not that he's he's better than that. He's better than Nathan Peterman, who is probably as close as I've ever seen to that. And I don't know. He just I think. Well, we went over it in the game. I felt like he was a lot more accurate than than people uh, th than than we were led to believe he would be. Um, maybe he still runs a little too much, but you you know, for a guy who's playing his fourth or fifth game and and has you know functionally a pretty garbage offensive line, I'm not particularly you know worried. About, he's going to get hit, so he might as well get hit downfield. Um, we do have some some comments here on the Facebook, Ryan. Uh, that was your weekly installment of Frank is still mad about that one blog post from before the draft where they really called out Josh Allen. Please tune in next week for another installment of it wasn't that it was like it was like pro football really draft people. They were OK, whatever. Um, hash, Ryan is, says our fighting is our new screw up and need to do it more often. Send a Facebook reply uh, more often. Send Facebook reply. I don't know if he meant to write that or if he was voicing that in and it. I don't know. It says more often send Facebook <laughs> reply. Hashtag crowd energy. Hashtag home field advantage. The crowd was definitely into it. Um, and that probably has a bit to do with the 10 game hockey winning streak. So I think everybody was just, you know, ready for a little ice cracking. Uh, we, we've gotten our, our blood roiling up in Buffalo. Um, we've commented on the fighting. Uh, and it, I, I'll, I'll certainly say it, it helped, even though if I wouldn't want to do it all. Brian Punt, that's the most they've played to their... They, that's the most they've mostly that they've mostly played. Excuse me. I can read here. Brian says that they've mostly played to their most obstinate and pugnacious best. They don't have the talent to beat certain teams, but the effort is usually there. That and the fact that we at least did not sign captain, Butt fumble, unlike the Washington team, which is true. Mark Sanchez is now in Washington as a quarterback. Um, which is only like the second or third worst thing they've done in the last week. Yeah. Someone um, noted what kind of, it's an interesting world we live in where Colin Kaepernick is too much of a distraction, but Ruben Foster isn't right for the Washington. It's a, team, so. yeah. Bruce Allen. I, they're definitely like the, 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 the knives are out for Bruce Allen. They're like, and there's a lot of anonymous quoting here in Washington in the post about, you know, from inside the building. And so I don't think he's long for this team. We'll just leave it at that. Um, for that team, not this team. He's hopefully never, yeah, he's hopefully never, never right. long for the bills. Greg asks, how did the NFL not have a procedure to avoid ejected players from running into each other as they walk back to the locker room? <laughs> I'm sure they did Greg, or at least they thought it would, the, the stadium staff would rely on their common sense. The league has never thought of staggering the walks to avoid additional fighting. Again, I'm going to say the league probably does think that. And they just were <laughs> flabbergasted that no one, and none of the handlers for both guys couldn't see this coming. Just slow your guy down for a few seconds. Tell him you need to tie their shoes or look at the pretty clouds, something, anything, um, or let him go at it. Like if you really want to see a fight, let him go. 
Um, so those were our Facebook comments. You can always visit our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash B bills. MNY forward slash. forward slash, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's like, it, all right, fine. Forward slash. Um, I'm a nag. What can I say? You sure are. Um, this day, you know, we're burning through it, but that's fine because Scott's not feeling great, and 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 we can we can just do it. So let's go to this day in Bill's history, and then uh, we'll we'll preview Bill's Dolphins. Right, and as we've discovered, I can drag out this segment for as long as needed. So I'm glad we're coming into usually this much longer than needed. If we're right. honest, <laughs> almost always. So what do we got today? We got three games and uh, seven headlines to discuss in this day in in Bill's headlines. So saddle in. These will. Uh, these are a mix. Some are going to be easy. Some are going to be tough. So let's see how you guys do today. 2016 migraines hold blank out versus Jaguars. 2016. Yep. So this is Rex. Rex. It's someone who's out with migraines against the, the Jaguars. I'm going to say. That's probably not right. Hmm. I sort of remember this story. I just can't think. I'll give a I'll give a position unless Scott. And was it a running it. back? It was not a running back. Okay, then it wasn't Jonathan. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. All right, wide receiver. Was it? Was it Sammy? It's not Sammy, though. Viable guess. He was with the team in 2016. Caught a big touchdown versus the Colts in the opener that year. Didn't make too much of an impact the rest of the year. No longer playing Percy football. Harvin? Percy Harvin. There we go. That's yeah, right. that's right. The interesting takes on this game were Jerry Sullivan's hot read. Another Bills win, but how good are they? Shocking that he would have that take on it. And then Mark Gaughan said, I don't care if the Jags are 2-9. and nine, This was a good win. Somehow they were probably both wrong. All right, 2015. Blank goes on IR, future with team unclear. And I'll give you some context. Post-procedure, Blank expects rehab the last few months. After enduring back-to-back -back Achilles injuries in the past, he said nothing scares him. Of course, the Bills will eventually have a financial decision to make with the 10-year veteran, too. Buffalo could clear $5 million in space by releasing him until turn 33 in June. Now, I'll give you the big hint. He's, he's, he's still hanging around, and uh, he'd probably be laughed out of town if you suggested releasing him. Lorenzo Alexander. Good guess. I think that was his first year with the Bills, but he was that is not the correct one. But it is old man, 10-year veteran. Mm. Now he'd be a 14-year veteran at this point. 13. Kyle Williams? Kyle Williams. I do mm. not remember him having Achilles surgery at the end of 2015, not even remotely. So Yeah, I don't remember that either. All right. This was a, <laughs> this was a tougher one, but then comes a really easy one after this. Blank plugs big hole for Bills at five technique after injury to Alex Carrington. And the, mm. the context on this guy signed a multi-year contract extension with the Bills in December 2013, released nine months later, one day after being arrested for a DUI, and then played four really solid seasons for the Patriots. Mm. DUI. This is going to bother me. Yep. Defensive tackle. DUI. Oh, I didn't know this guy. It's not Anthony Hargrove. He got into a no, fight. He was, he was gone before then. And again, four really, he just the Patriots just released him in this 
offseason after they'd signed him to like a six million dollar extension uh, a year after they took him away from the Bills or after the Bills released him. Chris Collinsworth loved him, thought he was just really good defensive tackle. Yeah, this bothers me because you're going to say it. Yeah, that I knew it, but I'll just guess Mike Williams because that's every standard Bills guest. I think let's see your your answer is not far from the tree. Tree? Anyone? No. Trying to give a hint. Maybe Charles Oakley. Ryan Leaf might grow on him. Stumpy Stumperton. Uh, Alan Branch. Alan Alan Branch. Branch. Um, this one is easy. 2011. This is extremely easy, but it's so memorable. I couldn't not use this headline. Bill's wide receiver blank takes a parent jab at Plaxico Burris's shooting incident with TD celebration. That's gotta be Stevie. Stevie. Yeah. Yep. Remember when he fake yeah. shot himself in the yeah. leg, danced around and fell down Johnson. and earned a huge penalty and got fined by the team, but it was worth it because that, that has lived on forever. Everything he did was worth it. Everything. <laughs> uh, so serious. Hilariously, when we talk about one game soon, uh, I will disagree with that, but that'll be at the very end of this. All right, 2006, season over for Bills tight end blank. The season is over for this Bills tight end before it even began as the team decided not to activate him to their 53-man roster Wednesday. Spoiler alert, his season, his career would end in the first game of the next season. Repeat the question, the clue again, sorry. Sure, season over for Bills tight end blank. It ended before it even began as a team decided not to activate him to their 53-man roster. So he's on the the PUP or whatever that you could be on for the first eight weeks of the season back then, and they decided not to activate him. Played one game in 2007, career ended. Um, It's not Kevin Everett, is it? It is Kevin Everett. Good job, Frank. Uh, All right, yeah. I knew that was an an, an opener. I just couldn't. I was, you know. Yeah. All right, 2005, friction between defensive tackle blank and Coach Malarkey is a personal thing, says the player's agent. The agent says, this guy doesn't like him, and that's fine. You don't have to like him to play him. He wants to play. He likes Buffalo, but you've got a coach there who doesn't like him personally, and he's going doing everything he can to make it look like it's the player's fault. Man. 2005 defensive tackle. And they had a lot of good defensive tackles in this era, so – Defensive tackle. And this was one of those good defensive tackles. I think Pat, Pat Williams had moved on at this point. Yeah, yeah, that was Williams' first year away from the team. This was a multi-time pro bowler with the Bills, though, and with other teams. No, then it wouldn't be Adolphus Washington. That's too no. late. Yeah, no, that's way too late, right? I'm way off. Yeah, way too early. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I was watching the Big Bang Theory the other day, and and they had a guessing game, and one of the guys guessed Muhammad Lee because Muhammad is the most common first name, and Lee being the most common last name, and you would have a hopefully a statistical advantage that way. So I'm going to guess that the player's name was Muhammad Lee. Muhammad Lee, solid guess. It is. Uh, you might drink this guy's beer if that helps. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. There you go. Really? Yeah. yeah. Adam Adams, I don't remember him and Malarkey not getting along, but again, I've blocked I don't it either. And I thought he was gone because I thought of Sam Adams and I thought, no, he was gone by then, but I guess not. Yeah. Okay. All right. 2001, last headline before the games. Bills sign kicker blank. 
This was right after they'd released a guy whose name I won't mention because it'll be a great trivia question someday. He'd play in five or six games with the Bills. He wouldn't be re-signed, and then he'd make several Pro Bowls, or at least one Pro Bowl that I remember with the Bengals. Um, so if you remember him kicking for the Bills first, whatever it was, six or seven games, or what he's doing now. Um, Lindell? No, those two. No, yeah, two, yeah. yeah. So you're only you're only two years early. For Lindell, so you're not super early for Lindell. Yeah, played for the let's see, like that's Bengals from 03 to 09. Made a Pro Bowl in 05. Giants and 20 Giants and Patriots in 2010. Dolphins Ravens 2011. Dolphins he missed some kicks against the Bills in a loss. Texans 2012. Steelers 2013. Falcons 2015. I give up. I don't know this Shane one. Shane Graham. Shane Graham. Oof. Yep. I don't. I did not remember him kicking for the Bills at all. Yep, it was literally five. I only remember because I attended a game in person where he missed it, like a thirty-some yard field goal. Like, cut that guy. He sucks. And you know and they did pretty they much. Did. Yeah. All right, we got three games to go through extremely quickly. These will be trivia questions. Nineteen ninety-nine. The Bills beat the Patriots. Yes, that's a that was a thing then. Seventeen to seven. Uh, Flutie and Bledsoe both each had one completion more than 50% over the 50% completion percentage. But Flutie had 207 yards on being 9 of 16, which is 23 yards completion, by the way, and 13 attempt. Hmm. So the trivia question on this, he had a 54-yard PD to Eric Holds. Uh, who had his career-long touchdown in this game? Which Bills fullback had a career-long 32-yard touchdown in this game? It was a former Patriots fullback. He would leave to go to the Ravens, and then he would come back to the Bills for one final season. Was Antoine Smith a fullback? He was not. He was a running back. Okay. Larry Centers? Larry Centers is a great guess, but it is it is wrong because he is the only one who's done Bills and Patriots. There was one other guy named Philip Crosby, but no one remembers him. Lonnie Johnson. Ah, uh, good old tight end. It was nope. uh, Sam Gash. Sam the Gash. Gash. Yeah, the Gash. Yes. The Gasher. Yep. I was finding it interesting that Flutie and Bledsoe play in this game. They would be on opposite sidelines of the Bills-Pats rivalry just three short years later. All right, last two questions. Uh, Bills 38, Seahawks 9. That was also a thing back in 2004. I believe the last time the Bills beat the Patriots was – oh, no, they beat them in 2008. Mm-hmm. So uh, Willis McGay had four TDs, including a phenomenal fourth down. Three, one. You may yep. remember. Um, but J.P. Lawson got some playing time this game. Completed one pass. Which tight end did he complete it to? Hint, you will never guess this guy in a million years. <laughs> what a great question, then. Mark is, Campbell. Mark Campbell is a good guess. But again, you would have guessed him in a million years. So hmm. I tried to even come up his – he has uh, five letters in his last name, uh, three are vowels. Uh, yeah, I'm not giving you good hints here. Poopy. Mike Poopy. And Mike, Mike Poopy. Very good. That does have, you know, vowels. Tim Ewis. Ewis. I remember Tim Ewis. Okay, good. All right. And last trivia question. This one is a gettable one, and this goes back to where Frank said everything Stevie did was he should regret nothing. On this day eight years ago, the Bills lost to the Steelers 19-16 to in overtime. Now, we all remember the Stevie play, the drop in the end zone, mm-hmm. Scott and I at the bar, me cheering fanatically, Scott saying he dropped the ball. Me screaming in the bar, the son of a bitch dropped the ball and everyone looking at me. Uh, we also did the trivia quiz one time. 
on which Bill Center went and hugged Ryan Fitzpatrick when we thought it was a touchdown. The answer was Jeff Hangartner. So the, the trivia question on this game for this year, the Bills in overtime had sacked Roethlisberger on a third down play at the one-yard line, just missing, giving the Bills the win on a safety. Instead, the Steelers punted, Johnson dropped the pass, the Bills punted again, the Steelers won it. Which Bills defensive end sacked him at the one that just couldn't quite get him sacked in the end zone? Mm. This is a guessable one. I know we've, we've used him in the same Bills headlines before. I will give you the list of knots. In Ryan hopes. Denny. Uh, he was one of the knots, not Ryan Denny. Aaron Schobel. Schobel. Ah, here. And it's the other guy. Chris Besides Kelsey. Denny. There you go. Yes. There you Chris go. Kelsey. So, yeah, that was, uh, it was an eventful day. Three games in the last 20 years on this day in Bill's history. And also this day in Bill's headlines, November 28th. The thank you, Paul, once again for a, a thorough and, and fun game of the Stan Bills headlines. I, I feel these were too tough this week, except for Stevie. I've got it. Yeah, the, well, it's okay. And, and we're not playing it at full strength here, obviously. Like right. you know, Scott's kind of hurting here. Um, so let's let's get to it. The Bills are five point underdogs to the Miami Dolphins, which um I don't want to pretend like the Bills are good, but I don't want to think that the Dolphins are good. Um they're five and six. I'm you not. Are, you are right, by the way, with both of those statements. Yeah, you know. So okay, I, five points is a score. So I guess it's not that big of an insult. Um, but they don't pass very well. They kind of run better. They're they're uh, not a good offense. They, I don't know that they have a great defense. Um, this is probably Ryan Tannehill's last year as a Dolphin because uh, um, there doesn't. He seems to be like Blake Bortles one point five. You know, like like a not not quite a an improved version, but like a bug patched version of of Blake Bortles. But nobody likes it. Um, I don't really know what they do. I don't I don't know what what the Dolphins do and what they do well if they do anything well. Um, I know that they have a couple of defensive players like Sue and Dominican Sue and all that, but I'm I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Bills. I think that the Bills are better than they're getting credit for i think that they can win the doll i think they can beat the dolphins and you know slide up into second space be second place before they 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 you know lose to the patriots in a couple of other games but I, I think the dolphins are beatable and i think they're probably feeling pretty good scott why don't you go and then you can then you can not have to I talk they'll die off screen yeah um <laughs> off air yeah um <laughs> i will pick the dolphins to win this game just because it's at home and I'm still not sure about this Bills team on the road. So I'll give it the Dolphins 21 Bills 17. All right. Thank you. Hip hiccuping dying Scott, please at least cure the hiccups Scott or Paul. Yes, how should, I, how should Scott cure his hiccups? And what I am glad that was the first question to ask. Cause I had a brutal four hour case last week and uh, the trick I found, and there are a billion of them out there, so to try them all and do what works, I basically just held my breath, clenched my throat, and clenched my abs for as long as possible, and eventually it went away. Oh, I've my, got a predicted game now, too. I think. Oh, and I guess since we're on it, my, 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 uh, mine is uh, a glass of soda, newly poured with lots of fizz, and then you add sh real sugar to it. 
you add like a packet of real sugar and it'll like start to fizz a lot. And while it's fizzing, you chug it and the carbonation will sort of kind of settle you out. It's been about 24 hours with these hiccups. So, uh, Holy F I've, really? I've had my worst ever was three days and that was a nightmare and they would go while I would sleep and I'd wake up in the morning and they would be gone for like an hour and then they'd come back and be there all day. And I wanted that. I've never day. had it that long. Oh my God. That's yeah. It has been on and off. It's not been like consistently, but it'll be like, I can get it to go away for like an, uh, an hour and then they'll come back. Oh Christ. Well, yeah. I try, try some of these things. Okay. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll go now. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'll say, uh, I agree with, I think I picked the bills to beat the Jags. I think Frank and I both might have. So kudos to us on that, but I'm going to disagree with Frank on this one and I'll give it to the, the dolphins. And again, is uh, the caveat I gave is this bills team more so than any other Pat in the past is just as capable of winning and losing pretty much every game. This is a battle of two definitively mediocre teams. I did watch some of the, Colts Dolphins game. They did do some really good things against the Colts in the first half. They had some questionable play calling in the second half and other decisions, which inevitably could have cost them the game. So they have the, about the same level of mediocrity as the Bills. And when it's mediocre versus mediocre, I tend to give it to the home team. So that's where really what's making me pick the Dolphins, which means unless one team gets blown out here, I will be picking the Bills to beat the Dolphins when they come to Buffalo a few weeks later. But uh, yeah, I'll say Dolphins in this one. I'll say twenty to seventeen. All right. Um, I'll, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm picking the Bills because I don't, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to pick the Bills. Um, if you would like to pick the Bills or not pick the Bills, you can do that on Twitter. Open a Twitter account, and then when you open that Twitter account, follow us at bbillsmny, or go open a Facebook account and go facebook.com forward slash bbillsmny. You can email us bbillsmny at gmail.com, which we never check. You can go to anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny. You can Google Buffalo Bills maybe next year. You can find us in the iTunes and all sorts of places. Um, just search Buffalo Bills podcast and Google will come up eventually. We are the Buffalo Bills maybe next year. We really appreciate you listening to us. We'll be back to full strength, I'm sure, next week. Um, hopefully talking about a Miami Dolphins uh, loss and a Buffalo Bills victory. And we can get into some of the other, you know, it'll be getting towards the end of the year, even if they win, you know, like I, I think if they won out, they still only had a 50% chance of making the playoffs. And if they lose even one game, cough, cough, Patriots, they basically have a 1% <laughs> chance of making the playoffs. So, you know, I, I feel like next week we can start maybe not burying them, but we can talk about, you know, Right. Unless they lose to the Dolphins and the Colts and the Ravens win, all of which are certainly plausible, as is the exact opposite of that scenario. Right. Um, but if all those things happen, then, yeah, then we can actually uh, give the name of our, our podcast and declare it. Call they'll, it, as they say. But but there'll be room to discuss LaShawn McCoy and other people going forward and maybe talk about some college kids. We'll see. But until then, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank and for Scott. I'm and, Scott. Yeah, okay, good. I didn't know if you could be able to say that. Okay, so Frank Scott and who else? I'm Paul. Very good. Good night, everyone. Okay. Oh, man.